Thank you for tuning in to Motivation Monday. I'm Coach Dare. New week, new goals. We want to welcome you. We understand that you cannot heal what you don't reveal. We've got a special guest today, uh, Ahmad Hall. He's running for city council in Adairsville, Georgia. We want to welcome you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Also, my esteemed co-host, Lady Ashley. Say hello to the good people. Hello. So glad to be here with you all today. Amen. And of course, y'all bear with me because I'm going through something right now. My throat is a little sore, but, uh, you know, I'm going to push my way through. We're going to um, inspire you today to get out and vote for the uh, candidates in your area that's about change. We have Ahmad Hall on this morning, and he's going to share with you who he is and what he wants to do, what he inspires to do, but he's going to need your help because our theme is it still takes a village in our community, which is a commune effort. That's everybody. Yes. Nobody's discounted. Am I right about it? You're right. We're all in this thing. Right so, um, Lady Ashley, now I'm gonna let you start it out, but let's talk about the uh, let's talk about you, girl. Mm. Y'all look at her hair; it's locking. You said that you were going to let us witness your journey. Motherland. Yes. Girl, yes. I'm loving it. Yes. See, look, and check this out. So I have people who have placed bets and who have said that they know that I'm going to go to the weed store and go buy some hair to add, and I, I just refuse to, you know. So, you know, we, we're doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing, and we as a community are doing a new thing. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful to just be a part of the living. Mm -hmm. I know that's right. I support your new thing. I hope that you don't get discouraged, honey, and have to go get some hair. And y'all charge it to her divaness if she has to go get some hair. Don't judge her. Well, see, mm -hmm. she can put some hair on top of that. If she do, huh? She can put some hair on top of that, but still keep that. that oh, that's see, that's you, you want something different to go get you some hair and put it on top of that, but keep that now. And it's still, yeah. it's still doing its thing, right? I yeah, appreciate that, Amari. Wait, wait. Amari had <laughs> He had it going on. So yeah. you know, I had mine about. for like 11 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you feel naked up there. I do. They in the closet at home. I, <laughs> I cut them off and them up and threw them in the closet. So that's some good money. That's uh, yeah. some good money. I'm yeah. going to buy them. I appreciate that advice, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move it on. Oh, wow. Okay, now, let me start off the questions. I'm really excited, first of all, cousin. I'm so excited uh, about your transition. Now, people know you as a singer, a musician. They know you as an entertainer. You know, they know you as uh, one that serves uh, in the ministry. And, of course, it's like everybody loves you. They followed your hair journey, too. And when you cut your hair off, it's like, oh, my God, where is Ahmad? <laughs> we was looking for you because you were all up under that air. <laughs> you kept it together. You know what I'm saying? You are a great example uh, for the, uh, all young men, you're always tight and right. So mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that you made the decision to take it a step further because that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? You have to be compelled and really be inspired and motivated to step out into the limelight because guess what, bro? Your life now for sure, you are living in a glass house. You better say it. I, I, I recognize that in this past week alone. Oh, wow. share your experience. Well, before you do that, go ahead and tell us, um, go 
ahead and, and let us know who you are. Tell the people who you are for, th- for them that just know you as uh, a pastor, as a musician, you know, and someone that just loves and serves uh, in the ministry. Well, really, um, uh, you, you, we were kind of talking about family before we came on uh, to the recording. You know, just had a little session. We were all just chatting. Mm-hmm. And I have to go back to family. Um, I think about my grandfather on my mom's side, Thomas Howard Pullum Sr. He was uh, one of my biggest supporters. Like, they used to call him my manager. I remember before uh, I could drive, he would drive me to places to sing or to play or whatever I had to do concerning, you know, my, uh, my, my musical um, uh, my musical things, those type things. And um, he always pushed me to be great at what I did. And I, I, I don't really have a competitive bone in my body. I was never taught to be competitive, but I was always taught to be the best. Right. And, wow. um, and, 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 and at, at that moment, now, I can only be the best that I can be today. Now, tomorrow, I might do a little bit better. But in this moment, and we have to realize that sometimes that sometimes you're doing the best that you can, and you know that you are doing that, no matter what somebody says around you or they think you should be doing. If you know in yourself that you're doing your best, um, that, that's a good thing. You operate in, in, that, in that faith, that, that place. Um, and so my grandfather always told me that, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. It just matters where you end up. Okay. And so I'm, I'm – Born and raised in Adairsville, still in Adairsville. I love Adairsville. I can't think of anywhere else I would want to live. I do a lot of traveling, but Adairsville will always be home. And um, I think you were talking about the communal aspect of everything, mm-hmm. the community, the, the village. Adairsville yeah. is there for me. And, it uh, is this one. Yeah, and, Everybody and, and, know each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's that village. And, and, and I think that we've really still, still to this day got that down pat. Um, we, we still do that. It's a, a place where I think anybody would be. Um, happy to live and to raise their children. One of those places. We still have that. Now, I, I feel like we used to do this when we were growing up. Grandmama and them would leave the door wide open and just have to scream. scream and the window's up, too. Yeah, and, and sleep all night like that. Yeah. I honestly will still feel safe doing it in the well. Oh, wow. Even with everything else going on, on in the That's world. That's big, Lady Ashley. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all need to come to yeah. the Every Everybody move to the well. No, you don't, because then you you messing up, because it's just like Cartersville. Everybody now knows Cartersville. It used to be considered the country or the outskirts. Now it's just like Kennesaw, Daresville. But, you know, I can attest to what you're saying, um, because Daresville, to me, reminds me of how Cartersville used to be. It's a very small town. Everybody knows everybody. Um, you only got so many stores or restaurants, but I like that. Right. Um, can you give us insight on maybe some things that some characteristics of your community of Adairsville? Like what what makes you um go so hard for Adairsville? What was it when you were a kid that you remember the most about your community of Adairsville? I think um one of the things that really uh, has driven my love for Adairsville is the fact that, you know, yes, everybody has their differences, but somehow, some way in Adairsville, we seem to be able to look past those things. Now, there, there's always going to be something. But what I've noticed is the people as a whole, um, all, all backgrounds, all um, uh, differences aside, we figured out how to do that in a way. Um, and I think that's something that, not only has driven my love for Adairsville, that's what I love about it so much, but that's also the, uh, the thing that's driven my love 
and passion to want to be a greater part of that. How can I make it even better than what it already is? And that's why I'm, I'm running for city council. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. You what? Uh, well, that's why I'm running for city council. Okay, that's that's what I. That's what I thought I heard. I, I just wanted to make sure that the listeners heard that you're running. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Running for Jesus first, and then we're running right. for city council. And you're not right. yet. Mm. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, now I'm interested in knowing, now you mentioned your inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. So please tell the people, because you know, uh, you were on the panel last Tuesday. It was so impressive that when we asked you to introduce yourself, you gave us your government name. You just went down the whole, you, yes, you did that. Is it Herbert? No, it ain't Herbert. Which one is it? Herschel. Okay. Hall, and I cannot okay. believe I am doing this on this recording because I hate well, Herschel. Well, I said Herbert. Herschel is my daddy and my granddaddy before him. And, you know, it's... it's That's godly it's, pride, it's, though. Well, yeah, and, and they have a breakfast named after me at Cracker Barrel. Really? Yep. Uncle Herschel's Breakfast. Yep. Oh, that's a Herschel. good look. That's a real I'm good look. I'm going to go with a mod, though. Yep. What's on the menu? I can't... It, it's like country your ham favorite? and your eggs favorite? and pancakes and no, no, it's it's not really mine. I'm just I'm just saying it's Uncle Herschel. That's the name. Oh, of. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> right. Well, your name is Herschel Hall. Is that right? Herschel Ahmad Hall. I'm picking Ahmad, Ahmad Hall. Okay, that's precious. <laughs> you know, and we didn't. You brought that out yourself. That was yeah. something like, okay, this brother ready to he ready to move. Yeah. So now. Tell the people who you are, though. As a kid growing up, you know, tell them about grade school, elementary school, high school. You know, what type of person were you? Were you friendly? Did you have a lot of friends? You know, did you have aspirations of, you know, running for any type of uh, leadership, you know, in school? You know, um, what groups were you a part of? You know, if anybody could say anything about you, what do you think that they would most remember? about you. So just try to sum all that up I mentioned. Break it down. Well, you know what? I could. This could be like uh, a seven-part series, so I'm going to try to condense yeah. it. Yeah, it's all in, but um, from the time I was uh, a toddler, at the age of three, I'm trying to walk it, walk it up, um, age of three, mama noticed that I would push all my other toys in the corner and I would play on this little, I call it a tinker toy piano. And she was like, you know what? He might be interested in music. So when I was five, Mama asked if I wanted to um, uh, take piano lessons. Of course, I said yes. And she was a single parent, so she worked overtime to uh, purchase a piano so I'd have something to uh, practice on at home. So I'd go to the uh, piano teacher's house. she uh teach me, and I'd come home, and I'd practice on this piano that Mama had worked overtime just to get. And I still have the piano to this day. I'm never going to let go of it. I'm going to have it forever. And um, I just appreciate that. And that kind of catapulted me into what um, my destiny would turn out to be. I never really aspired to be um, uh, a singer. Here's a funny, a funny fact about that. I didn't really start singing until I was about 12. I, I started playing at five, but I didn't start singing until I was about 12. And here's how it happened. Someone walked up to me, literally walked up to me and said, hey, Ahmad, you ever thought about singing? And I was like, no, not really. And it, it just happened. And so um, with that, 
uh, being set in mind through through grade school, elementary. I was uh, always uh, the music teacher was uh, Miss Miss Smith. Now she's a Cochran, but um, spent a lot of time with her. Um, the principal even uh, of the school, Mr. Terry Drew, he really took took it upon himself to kind of mentor me, which was strange in an elementary school that a principal would take that much time with you. But he was teaching me about leadership and how to interact with people and how to um, connect with folks. And I, this is something I, I always um, um, am uh, proud of now. I kind of fancy myself as a bridge. Okay. I like to bridge um, different uh, people together. I don't, not, not that we have to go all the way across the other side of the bridge, but even if we meet in the middle. Right. And so that, that's something I learned early on in, in middle school, chorus and band and high school uh, chorus and marching band, all those things, and a drama club. I, I'm, I'm an artsy person. So all those arts things were what I was really into. And um, another thing is a lot of people don't know that if I was not doing music, I would probably be a history teacher. Okay. Wow. I love history that much. And the reason I love it so much is I, I like to study it from an aspect of human behavior. Okay. So like now when things happen, I understand why it's happening and why people are acting the way they're acting. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't make me angry. It doesn't infuriate me um, uh, in, in those, those tough times. It just actually um, confirms the history that I know that led, led up to that. So in, in school, and what would people say about me? They remember Ahmad being joyful, um, uh, cheerful, always cracking jokes. Uh, I was somewhat of a nerd, still am, and I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Um, me too. Yeah, you do. And also, um, like, senior superlatives. We had that, you know, senior class. Right. I was up for best dressed and most talented. Oh, but yeah. um, I got, got most talented, so I'm good with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but oh, they, yeah. They, they remember me from, because I, I sang at all the different um, uh, events for, for, for school, the pep rallies, the even graduation, all, all of that. When we had assemblies, I'd sing for that. I'm probably still the only one in my class that still knows our school alma mater songs. I, I already know that. Wow. But nobody else knows. And I just and I just think, you know, you should probably just sing just a little bit of that for us, you know, on air. Oh Lord. Let me see. Um you know. A devil high to thee we promise love and praise. And through our lives we'll always cherish our school days. Swift the carefree hours are flying. But the memories never dying. We will always love thee, dear Adelphia High. So see, you uh, excuse me, we don't Adair Zalilin. He's a real Adair Zalilin. Yeah. <laughs> right there. He the truth. <laughs> well, I know that you have definitely lived up to most talented because um, I wanted to hit on a couple things that you spoke of. So, most talented. Um, you have a group that everybody knows about, mm -hmm. Ahmad and friend, Ahmad Hall and friends, which is absolutely amazing. You usually do the best Christmas program that you can think of. And also, I remember reading one of your posts concerning was it your grandfather who had a boot shining company oh, downtown? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoe shop. A shoe shop. So, can you tell us a little bit about my Hall and Friends, the awards that you received for that group, and then also hit on your what inspires you as far as your family's business, your grandfather's business? Okay, okay. Um, well, my Hall and Friends was founded in 2014, and really, um, it was one of those things. Somebody 
again, approached me and said, hey, I think you need to do a concert. I think it'd be great for you to do that, to do something musically in the Carterville, Bartow County area, there's the area. And I said, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll do that. So I called some of my friends and I said, hey, y'all, um, would you help me do this concert? Um, someone said I should do, do one, so I need, need some help with this. And everybody said, yeah, everybody I called was very, very cordial. They were very um, ready, ready to get on the ball to, to um, get it going and start it. <clears throat> and when we were getting ready to advertise it, Darnell Jackson said, well, Amai, uh, everybody knows him, and they, they call him Jack Rip. That's his stage name. Anyway, um, so uh, he said, you got to have something to, 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 uh, to call it. You got to come up with a name. So I said, just call it Amai Hall and Friends. Not think of, of anything. This is just going to be one concert, and we're going to be done. After the concert was over. Right. After the concert was over, I had several people come up to me and say, hey, 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 you need to keep this thing going. Like, y'all got something here. So here we are. What is this? Six years later, still doing this. It's been kind of slow because of COVID-19, but God has been so great to us and so good to us. In 2016, we received the uh, Steeple Award for Best New Artist. We've been nominated for several different um, awards, uh, award shows across the Southeast. And um, also, we were featured in the uh, 2018 uh, BET documentary called I Am MLK Jr. And that was to honor the 50th uh, anniversary of Dr. King's assassination, which was, which was very, very um, amazing for us to be able to do that. Uh, there were so many different people who were part of that. Van Jones, Carmelo Anthony, Nick Cannon, Andrew Young, um, uh, who else? Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, all these great people. And they wanted little Lamar Holland friends to be a part of that. So we were, we were appreciative of that. And, and we're, we're trying to work on some things now, even some new music coming out. We're trying to work on that. Um, even our Christmas concert, people have been asking about that. Um, be mindful and don't worry. We're working on that for you as well. Um, as of this week, we're dealing with some things to try to get something going with that. And we'll let you know how that's going to go this year. Uh, you asked me about my grandfather's shoe shop. Well, um, my great-great-great-great-grandfather um, was named William Arthur Butler. He was born on November 7th, 1872 in Easley, South Carolina. That's right outside of Clemson. Everybody knows where Clemson is. And he and his family, his parents and siblings, they moved to the Adairsway area in the late 1870s. And so my family has been in the Adairsway area for six generations, that side of my family. Now, y'all related to be on grandmama's side. This is my granddad's side here. But, um, right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he, they came for bet better, better work, a better life, and they were working for the Western and Atlantic Railroad. One day he was on a train, fell off of it uh, late at night, and one of the train wheels crushed his leg. And so he was fitted with a peg leg. And so he had the peg leg man with, with eight daughters trying to figure out what he's going to do to, to um, take care of his wife and their children. So he takes up shoemaking. He becomes a shoe cobbler. And not only did he have a business on the square in downtown Adairs, but he also had a shoe shop in Calhoun as well. And so um, I, I just, and he was very, very well known. I've, I've read several stories about people who knew him, that they, they wrote books. And we had a historian from Adairs who wrote about him and, um, how uh, he was also really good with horses. He um, he had worked in stables in uh, South Carolina, so he was just right, multifaceted, well liked in the community. Great businessman, a great friend to a lot of the um, one of the aldermen. Uh, aldermen is what they call it. They call it back then. A councilman now was one of his very very good friends, Mr. W. T. Whitworth, a white guy. So it was very very interesting for a, a white guy and a black guy to have such a a bond at that time. So that's the same thing with me now. I, I love diversity in every form, shape, and fashion that there is, and that's one of the things that I really want 
to um, promote with the city council run because that's who I am. Right. Now, um, the you already touched on uh, the community yearly Christmas choir, uh, which I believe is a community effort. This all just really fit in because the biography of your life it just appears to be community effort. Mm -hmm. I believe that you are the right person for the job, and all that you have been doing is you've been working your way up to this very moment. Right. You are also a pastor. Is that correct? Yes, at uh, North Rome Church of God, I am the worship pastor, which is just a fancy name for the man who's over the music department here. Okay, music director. Yes. Well, you're pastoring a people. You know, you're shepherding yes. a people. So, you know, I mean, I don't think the Lord is impressed with the titles that we put on um, different duties, but uh, it's still your servant to the people. And it's like, you never cared about that anyway. You know, you don't care about titles. All you care about is serving people. I also yeah. know that you were interviewed by Dorinda Clark. Mm -hmm. Yes. What was that like? Well, let, um, let me go back um, on, on uh, the Dorinda thing. I have to go back and then come forward. I've known the Clark sisters since I was about 20, 21. So that's been almost 15 years, I think. 14, 15 years, something like that. That I've known them, and um, I, it started out with me going to Dorinda's conference, and she used to have what they called the SMC conference, the Singers and Musicians Conference, and I would go to Detroit to that, and became very well connected to the family. And uh, uh, with, with with the interview you're talking about, we did that about two years ago too, I think as well. Um, I got a call, and they said, "Hey, Dorinda wants you on the show." I was like, "Cool, we'll we'll come do it." And um, so we we flew up. The girls uh, and I flew. Uh, a, Early in the morning, Lord have mercy. We flew up early one, early one morning to get up there, and then we had to lay over in D.C. and then we had to go to Detroit. And um, but it was such a blessing, such a um, an honor for her to want me to come. That just speaks to um, who she is and and what she thinks about our relationship. I think as well. Um, uh, they've been a great inspiration to me, and not just on the stage, but behind the scenes uh, conversations and just cutting up, laughing, and spending time together and eating they love to eat yeah i'm talking and i'm talking about some real because like, you know their mama was from selma alabama so they yeah. live in detroit yeah. they're some country girls yeah and yeah. um and, and even speaking of the rent I, I remember twinkie called once and said uh you know amaya could you help me with a workshop we put that together in um uh atlanta that was uh in 2010 i believe it was a organ music workshop and the reason i'm bringing up that up is I, again, I said I've never had a competitive bone in my body. So that day, I I, I drew from people I knew, like uh, Blaze at the time. There was a Legna Williams, uh, Dustin Williams, and Davlin Williams. That group. I wanted them to be um, a part of something like that. Uh, Miss Janelle Johnson. She. I brought her in for that, and just different people because I think God gives us platforms so that we can share those platforms. Donna Lawrence says it this way all the time. I love it. He says, "We become, so others can become." That's it. So that, it's that, like that, blessed. It's like being blessed to be a blessing. Exactly, totally, totally. So, um, yeah, definitely grateful for all the inspiration, and um, I'm, I'm still in that vein. I want the, the blessing that God has afforded to, afforded to me, for me, through me. I want to share those things. I want to be able to do that. That's just who I am. Even with the girls, with the group, they will tell you. Aaron even speak spoke about it last night at her the event she had. How I always tell them, okay, great. I love that you're part of my all and friends, but. God has work for you. Stretch, stretch, yeah. stretch. Yeah. yeah. Use, use this platform, but yeah. allow it to help you get to where God has you to be. And it's not all about my home friends. 
Wow. There's something else that God has has for you, something even greater. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the platform that God has allowed us to build with my Holland friends, use that for, uh, and allow God to catapult you into what your destiny is, what your purpose is. You know, I I know you. Uh, I know that we're distant cousins, but yeah. like I know you as a person. Oh, we're Are we we're closer cousins? We okay. Well, we in the same circle. Um, and and I know I I see the different things that you do in the community, and a a lot of it has to do with music, but a lot of it has to do with just the different relationships that you hold within our community. And um, one thing that I think is important for people to know and um, who are on the fence as far as whether to vote for you or not, I, I challenge them to look at your work. There you go. I challenge yeah. them to look at um, how you move and how you maneuver within the community. Because a lot of people, they seek these platforms and they seek these different positions, you know, for power. But I know that that's not the case with you. I know that you desire that position um, so that you can be a part of the change that's needed within our community. So I can appreciate that in knowing that you're not just someone who is up there who's being who's just trying to get a position. So I think that's very important. I also see um, the person that you are. And so because we're talking about it takes a village, do you think that you would have came out um, differently or turned out to be different had you not had that village, had you not had that principal who poured into you, had you not had your mom who, you know, sacrificed and, and made things happen, or even the Clark sisters who mentored you, do you think that you you would have turned out to be a completely different person had you not had the this strong foundation, this strong community backing? Yeah, I, um, I'll say this. Um, I am a firm believer um, that um, nothing happens by chance. Everything is on purpose. Every single thing, the Bible even says that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, the stuff you like, the stuff you don't like. All of that works together for our good. And um, I think it was purposed by God that my mother be a single parent. I think it was purposed by God that um, uh, I'd be born into the family that I was born into. I, 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 all of that. And I, um, I think that sometimes we look at the status quo or the, um, uh, how can I put it, the cookie cutter family aspect. And we think the family is supposed to look like this or community is supposed to look like that. And that's not always the case. There are different, um, different aspects of that. Uh, and, and different differences uh, in, in the way that those things work that help us individually be who we're supposed to be. Right. right. Now, we might not like the process, but when we get to a certain point in life, we will appreciate the process. Mm. Mm. Right. So there were a lot of things I felt like, um, like coming out of five out of wedlock, I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. Uh, why didn't nobody tell me um, some, some, some different? And then what? How can I put it? Um, I'll say it this way. Being in the church uh, did me a lot of hurt. As much as it did me a lot of good, I had to reassess things and reevaluate and learn God all over again. No yes. hint, different way. And yes, and came, yes. Yeah. So when when um when temp, uh when tests came, when um trials came, 
I had to learn him in a different way than what I had been taught. And so there was a time, I'm, I'll, I'll just even say here, I was in a very, very de- de- depressed state. I was suicidal. Mm. And um, a lot of that was because of the way I had been taught religion. Mm. I, what what will the church folks say? What would they think about me? What would they do? Well, really, um, th- there should be a certain um, uh, value to what people think about you in certain ways. But then on, on the other end of that, no. Yeah. You be who God has called you to be. You let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and they glorify your Father in heaven. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. work. And then those who see it in the true light will be able to glorify your Father in heaven. Um, and, and, and with that being said, nothing that we do is for us. It's for the glory of God. Right. Nothing right. that we go through is for us. It's for the glory of God. Now, I can talk to other fathers. I, I, I didn't know what it was. I can talk to other fathers who, ha- who have um, had children out of wedlock who may not know. Because I tell you this, a lot of times we forget, uh, yes, um, uh, it happened. It, it, it didn't go about the right way. But in those moments, people are still hurting. They right. may have this, this hard outer shell, but on, on the inside, they're hurting and they need help in those mm-hmm. spaces. So I believe God allows us to experience certain things in life so that we can become advocates for those things. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's purpose. You know that, right? Yes, ma'am. I, I, I told you. There's no way in the world you can feel like you are achieving or that you are living without existing if you don't have purpose. And I believe that purpose is found in trauma. I believe that purpose is found in the trials and in the things that um, that shape and form you. Mm-hmm. It's what so much someone taught you, but what you are taught from that thing. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, that's not something you grow up knowing. That's something you experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, um, you know, I, and again, I, I even tell some of my, my, my cousins this, people who don't really know me know me, think that Ahmad is this pristine, clean, um, uh, saint of God. Yes, we are his righteousness. I'm saved by grace. Amen. But grace. Say that yeah, again. It, it, it's grace. And, but I'm not without fault. Um, I've experienced things. I've done things I'm not so proud of. And um, but I think that once we're able to, um, we can be open about those things and, and mm. talk about those things. That really gives God it's like this in in uh, Second Corinthians chapter twelve. I think it is when Paul talks about the throne of his flesh. He's telling God all these things. You know, I'm a persecuted church. I don't did this. I don't did that. Ain't no way you can use me. Come on. Ain't no way I can be of any purpose to you, God. And then God says, "Forget about all that craziness and just do what I called you to do." What? So you saying forget about all this and just do? He said, "My grace is sufficient." That's what grace is there for. Listen. And gra- Listen. grace. In- the grace of God enables us to do what we do. We better use it. Yeah. yeah. We shouldn't be able to do what we do or have it like we had it, but the grace of God enables us Amen. to have those things and, and to do, and to live life the way we live it. Right. And, I, and, and I, I'll, finish I, that, I'll finish that part up by saying, um, in those moments I thought that I was um, disappointing God the most is when he loved me most. And uh, after that, he would show me how much he loved me like, through, through all this, this is my Hall of Friends journey, this musical journey. God has done some great things. I'm like, dude, how, like you showing out when okay. we're not perfect. And the f- funny thing about my Hall of Friends is we call ourselves the Misfit. Misfit, excuse me. That's our uh, personal name for each other is the Misfit. Um, and we're all saved by grace. Thank the Lord. Amen. Wow. 
and I, I, I think that it's important for the people to take note of your transparency. You know, because a lot of people, again, get in these positions and they pretend mm-hmm. to be certain want certain people. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I respect you on another level because of your transparency, whether it's, you know, your past of dealing with depression, your past of being, you know, dealing with shame for choices or mistakes that you've made. You know, I love that you're not um, confessing out of your mouth that you're perfect. I ain't made no mistakes. I have not messed up. I love that you're not, that's not what you're saying. Because like um, Coach Deb said in the beginning, you're living in a glass house now that you're running for this position. Right. So I think what gives you um, a little bit of, actually a lot of respect from certain, or from people, I'm tongue-tied, is the fact that you're transparent and you're being honest about not knowing it all. You're being honest about not being perfect. You're being honest about choices you've made, and I love that because you know people gonna come for you. Oh yeah. You know people gonna people gonna come for you. Why and am I running for what? For who? But I love the fact that you have not allowed that to stop you. You have not allowed your mistakes and your choices that you have made to define you, and I think that's what's most important. So kudos to you. Thank you. I so can much. appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I was always told by Big Mama older people that if there's something that in your life that you are ashamed of, you better tell it first or the devil can't let you. better tell it. Say, say it ain't Burke. Say it ain't Burke. Uh-huh. If you tell the truth, everything that someone else says is a lie. Because yeah. if it didn't come from your mouth, then it, it can't be the truth. Am I, I right about it? Yeah, and I get scared sometimes because I'm like, you know, if somebody give me a mic, I might just tell my whole story. I don't even, I, 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 I will. In front of the masses, because I, I, I'm before God. There's nothing that He does not see or know. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, our life is not our own when we give our life to God. That's right. So that's why you feel so lucid, you know, about being so transparent, you know, about your life because your life belongs to Him. Yes, right, right, right. Let's right. tell the people because you're just. This is such a story that you're telling. And this is very important while you're running for office, because even though you have such a huge fan base, the people say, I know Amad, you're sharing some things they didn't know about Amad. So see, it's a whole different scale of your identity that's being exposed that people didn't know. And you're just being loved even more. People love when you share things about you that you, you are high. You know, it's like you confess, man, I'm a man. You confess, I'm human. That's what you've done on this show today. When people have looked at you like, oh my God, he is such this. You know, and you just made the announcement, look, don't get it twisted. I am a man. I am human. And it's by his grace. That's what you've announced today. So I want you to tell us what it is that you love about being a husband, being a dad. Tell us, you know, was that a challenge? Was that a plan? Did you ever want to be a dad? Did you ever want to be married? I have five children. I didn't plan it. <laughs> <laughs> it just ha- happened that way. And 14 grandchildren. I thank the Lord he gave me grace. You know, but that wasn't my dream. I just wanted two. Now, if y'all listening, I want y'all now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear nothing later. Right, right. Children. They I'm gonna just call saying, you. You know I'm that. Young. I'm just saying in the beginning, you know, because you're young. 
you're not to go to college, you're different things before, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like God's plan is different from yours. Mm-hmm. So if you yes, if you Lord. if you know if you were in it if you got think that your plan is plan is going to go forth and you ain't prayed about it, mm-hmm. forget about it. Yeah, because it's God's plan that's yeah. going to override your plan. Right. Yeah, I, I want to um I, I'll talk about that in just a moment. I want to kind of um uh intro that with the fact that uh, I I always use my holy friends as an example because there's so many different things that we've been we've encountered, we face as a group. We never face anything individually, we always face it as a group. Uh, everybody just knows about everything. We, we talk talk that way and we support each other in those things. And I remember when one of the um, uh, girls came to me and said, Ahmad, uh, I'm pregnant. And she was not mad at the time. And she said, um, I'm not sure that you will want me singing with you. And you know what I did? I weeped. I mm-hmm. cried because I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? Or how have I portrayed myself? Or how has she perceived me to think that she has to come to me? Yeah, yeah. That Mm. She she has to come to me in this way, and I would not um, want her to be associated with me anymore. And that right there is a sermon for everybody. Come on. Throughout life. And you know what I told her? I said, look here. I want you to get your big pregnant self up there with me on that stage. (laughs) God does not love you any less than he did the day before this happened. He loves you more. So now, there's two of you. So he's loving on you double time now. Right. And that does not discount the gifting and anointing that he has placed on your life. And when I tell you, um, uh, we we, we went with that, we rolled with it, and God showed us his favor in that. Yeah. For accepting people at their lowest state. In their lowest place, that's when they need us need us most. And I, I, I like I said, I, I don't want to be. I know people don't really know me, know me in certain instances. They just see me on the, on the stage or on the CD cover or doing this, doing that. But I I want them to know I'm a real person. I get that life happens. Life has happened to me, and I've happened to life. There's some things that I've allowed, <laughs> I've done, um, that uh, tra- change the trajectory in some some ways. And uh, when it comes to being a husband, yes, I always wanted to be a husband. I said, if I'm not married by the time I'm 30, I'm not getting married. And thank God I found my wife by the time I was 30. <laughs> About the, being a father. Um, that, that happened in my mid-20s. Started there. And um, I always wanted to be a father, but not so early. I wanted to be married and do it the right way. You know, that, that's what we're taught. And so, so things don't always work out that way. And as far as being a father, um, you're looking at somebody who didn't have a father. So it, I, I'm learning how to do that. It, 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 it's sometimes a struggle. It's hard. And I know I don't always do it the way that a lot of people think that I should do it. But as I said at the beginning of this um, uh, a show, I always know that I'm doing my best at that moment, the best that I can do. You know, a lot of times we, um, we, we, we wear ourselves thin. We have so much on our plate. We have so much going on to where we're not any good at any of that. No good right. for nothing. So um, I've learned to pace myself and to allow myself time to grow. And even though I'm 34 years old, I'm still being nurtured. Yes. I'm still yes. growing. And then that yes. I give myself that grace. If God, if God thinks enough of me to give me grace, Come on. I need to think of enough of myself to give me a little grace. 
So um, I may not be perfect in all things or perfect in all areas, but I know that God is perfecting me. It's, 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 a, it's a journey. It's not a sprint. It's, it's a journey. So um, I'm glad that God has given us grace on this journey. And, and, and that's, that's what I hang on. I lean on that grace because I need it. Every day of my life, every second, I need the grace of God. And that enables me not to be ashamed. Because not, not only did Jesus die for our sins, he died for our shame. Yes, he did. All of that was on him. Yes, so he in did. those right. moments um, where I feel like, well, maybe God, I, I, no, 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 no. Remember the cross. He died for your shame. Don't be, don't, don't allow shame. And see, I'm telling you that I could show you a list of a hundred things that I want to do, but shame ashamed me out of it or stopped me from it. And even running with the city council, for the city council post, um, some things, you know, you think about, well, Lord, I, no, 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 no. I know for a fact, I was talking to one of my friends uh, a couple of weeks ago, Rashard White down in um, uh, Auburn, Alabama. And he said, you know what, Ahmad? He was calling me to congratulate me on the city council. And he said, you know, a lot of people want entertainers nowadays. They don't want influencers. Mm. I thought about that thing. And I said, you know what, Rashad? It'd be crazy for me to die. And the only thing that people could say about me was that I was a good friend. That was deep mm. that you mentioned that last week, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and that did something to me. And so, I'm, I, truthfully and honestly, I would let all this singing stuff go. All this traveling stuff go when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Drop it in order to make an impact in my community because I think it's that important. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things to where we can't pick it up and put it down. It beco- has to become a lifestyle. A lifestyle. If, if you see something that is um, not right, it has to, has to become a lifestyle in order to fix it. It really does. Now, we have to fight, fight hard in some cases. I think um, ancestors, uh, people um, gone before us, fought even harder. Yes. So us fighting now helps to prevent our seed, our um, descendants having to fight as hard as we do. Right. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things that we have to make a daily thing. And I think the city council um, position would allow me to do that uh, on a daily basis, uh, every every day of my life. And um, not that I would stop the music thing right now, but I want – People to know that I'm more than an entertainer. There you go. And 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 this is for everybody who's watching. You're more than what you do. Mm. You are who God has called you to be, and you are to do what He has called you to do, no matter where where you may find yourself. And you will never be happy. You will never be content until you're in the will of God. And I say it this way: I'm not just saying just obeying His laws and statutes, but the will of God, as in what He has called you to do. Thank you. Your purpose. You will never be happy. You'll never be satisfied until you're working. You might be working at the grocery store, bagging groceries, but you're supposed to be at McDonald's making double cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. It might sound funny, but it's, it's right. Mm-hmm. Until there, there are many people my age and older who do not even know their purpose. Right. And I know that my purpose is to be a bridge. My purpose is to be an inspiration. My purpose is to be an encourager. Um, mm-hmm. My purpose is to change the way people think. Mm. It's the mindset of people um, mm-hmm. that we're working against here. And it's not flesh and blood. Right. It's in the spirit realm that we wrestle with these things that we're fighting against. We have to keep that in mind. It's this mindset that we're fighting against. Right. And and you know what? Um, rewinding back to when the young lady in your group came to you and told you that she was pregnant. So you are a leader, right? Yes. You are a leader. Yes. And to me, 
like you just revealed some stuff to you to wh whoever is watching you just revealed a piece of yourself as a leader to them because the way you responded to her as a leader it just speaks volumes about your character and i too um was pregnant in the church you know singing on the praise team and i was full of so much shame and i can't sing anymore i think pastor sebastian holly was my pastor at the time and I came to him with these big crocodile tears in my eyes. And I told him, I said, you know, I can't sing anymore. And he said, you know what? You will never be worthy enough. You'll never be worthy enough. But because God has given you a purpose, God has given you yeah. a calling, yeah. God has given you a gift, you have to be obedient and walk in that purpose. And I, and I love the fact that you responded to her that way. And then let's rewind back to the fact that you said church has given you just as much hurt as it has given you. Um, good. I think that we have all, in a sense, experienced those very same things. You know, we, we grow up in the church, we grow up in a traditional religious setting, and we're taught that we have to be perfect, and we have to stand correctly, and we got to be a certain way. You know, when a lot of people are not taught that it that relationship is what's most important. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. taught a lot of ritual and traditional things. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so there are a lot of people who have not only been hurt by the church, but who have been hurt by their village. So what yeah. advice do you have um, to that person who has been failed by that village or by those people who should have been their village? Because you, you said that your mom was a single mother and she raised you, and I'm sure that you endured other things too. What was it that encouraged you to keep on, to keep pushing? Did someone in, encourage you? Um, when you were struggling with, you know, the disadvantages of life, what advice would you give someone who has been failed by their community or their village? Mm -hmm. well, well, I'll say, um, well, when, when it came to those moments um, such as that, my, 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 my mother was definitely a great uh, piece of inspiration. My grandmother, Grandma Hattie, Grandma Lee, who everybody knows as Pastor Beavers, they were great inspirations to me in those times and loved me through that. But I'll say this, the sad part to me was, there were not a lot of um, church people who really helped me through that, those moments. I, it, it, it's, there's been several moments where I felt like that, and I don't think that, in, in my own eyes, that they helped me in the way that um, they should have, because I, I really don't remember much help at all from a lot of church people, because I think we see, see these people, or we are perceived them to be as strong folks, or they'll be okay, they'll be all right, ain't nothing to that, but even in that, I think we should be able to discern enough mm. to offer a hand, to offer an encouraging yeah. word, to help. And so, really, if not for my mother, my um, uh, uh, grandmothers, and even that, or my grandfather, who was uh, uh, both of my grandfathers actually, um, one one of them who is deceased now, and even my wife now, um, helping me through those tough times, those tough moments, and um, uh, I, I I don't know if I I would have made it this far. I I, I would have been in a grave somewhere, Papa Spring Cemetery. I already got my plots picked out. I know where I'm going when I leave out of here. But I would have been out there sooner than what God had wanted me to be. And I really think that um, the light that was inside of me, the spirit of God that I had inside of me is what pulled me through. Right. And, and I have to really uh, give God the praise and glory for that because in those moments, I learned who he really was. I learned how he really operated. I really loved, I re really learned what his love was. It wasn't yeah. just um, uh, something on a piece. Like I say this, this all the time, that even in when we do policy and legislation and government, 
You cannot legislate the love of God. Mm. It's something that has to be felt. You have to be able to feel the love of God. And um, I, I knew enough and had um, known God long enough to know the love of God. And the love of God pulled me up out of that 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 place. And he, he, he does it all the time. I'm not saying that I still uh, wake up every day and it's, okay, let's, let's go at it. He still loved me through through all of that. And I'm so grateful for the love of God. And, um, uh, and, and again, that because that light and that love of God live in us, it's up to us to share that light. Our time is uh, winding down, so I want to know what it is that that their moment, something clicked, and you decided to do this. Did you give, when I say do this, I'm talking about run for office. Did you give it thought? uh, Did you pray about it? Did you fast about it? Did you consult with people that you love? Did you speak to other people that are in politics? Did you notice the change needed to be made in your community and you felt that you was that person that could that could make that change? Because you could have pushed that on someone else. You could have been like, you know, I see this needs to be done and it's been in my heart pressing on me that this change needs to be made. And you could have promoted someone else. So with all that I just said, it sums up what inspired you. What clicked? Well, um, I've always now I don't know as far as city government, government, municipalities, politics. This I one, ever this city councilman? Yes, this yes. particular, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm and I'm saying I don't know if I ever wanted to get into I- any of that um, that that's connected to politics or government. But I always did know that I wanted to be someone who promoted change change in a healthy way and that someone who who was um uh the one to start healthy conversations even in the time of turmoil even in times of test even in those uh, hard times to be able to get people talking because without communication we're nothing that's right we have to communicate especially in those times and um uh several people for many years you need to run for city council you'd be great doing this and i said no it's not time yet and so um with everything that's going on in the world right now um, concerning um, uh, COVID-19, uh, race relations, uh, the police on police brutality, and hit, look, let's look at it on this side as well, um, how there's some people who are against the police altogether, which I am not. I don't believe in that. I got people in my family right. who are officers. We, 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 right. love, we love good law enforcement, all of that. Um, right. I, you, you know what? If, if I could have got paid for every phone call, text, email, inbox that I got, I've, I've received in the last five, six months concerning all of these subjects. I've had sit down um, conversations with um, superintendents of schools. I've had sit down conversations with law enforcement. I've had sit down conversations with people for, on school boards. I've had all of these people, and, and I'm, I'm so humbled. I'm not going to cry. I'm, I'm so humbled that they will think enough of me to call me and think that what I think about what's going on is important. Like that, that's just so humbling to me. And, um, and I gave them the best godly advice I could give them in this moment because I think that's what we need. We need sound advice. We don't need division. We need conversations that are, that are going to bring us together. And, I, again, I believe God has made me a bridge. He fashioned me to be a bridge, and that's what I will be. I'm not for this one or that one. I'm for, I'm for everybody. And um, there's one uh, – excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Um, 
there's uh, a subject that we hear a lot about in the Daresville because I'm running for city council in Daresville. I'm throwing this out here. A lot of people in Daresville fear growth, and they fear that the town that we know, the community that we love so so much right now, will be destroyed with a lot of growth. And I think that comes from the fact that there are a lot of people in the world who feel that you grow infrastructure around the people. But that's not my theory. My theory is that you grow the people around the infrastructure. And, and so, what, so, and then when you educate people, when you involve them, when you give them a voice, when you give them a say-so, they begin to understand more so how this thing works and how their voices um, are powerful tools in this, their very presence. Showing up to a city council meeting, showing up to a steering board meeting, joining, uh, uh, being a part of an advisory board for the city or being a, let me go here real quick. People, we are more than entertainers. I said this already. I'm, I want to be no more than entertainers. We are here to change the world. And we, we can talk and complain. We can um, point fingers. We can criticize decisions that leaders make. But until we ourselves offer ourselves up to be the change, I don't think we should have a word to say. Amen. I think I I anybody who's listening to this under, under my voice right at this moment, um, you run for city council. You run for a mayoral position. You run for county commissioner. You run for uh, a senate. You run to be a representative. You run for pre all of that because we need everybody to do this. I love the civil rights movement because it wasn't black. It wasn't white. It wasn't yellow. It wasn't up. It wasn't down. It wasn't just just um, Christian folks. It wasn't just Muslim folks. It just wasn't Jewish folks. I love the fact that the movement showed us that we need all of us to make something happen. Yeah, the, thank you. God, uh, uh, God inspired Dr. King, and he he even called it the um, beloved community. Mm. He saw it. He he like Moses and Bob. He said, you know, I might not get there with you to the promised land, but we'll get to the promised land. So we're we're reaping benefits of all those who have gone before us, who sacrificed their lives. Get this now, life. Yeah. They didn't just. Uh, Monday through Friday, I'm going to go to the office and I'm going to say, hey, y'all need to do this. Da, da, da. No, no, no. They sacrifice every day of their life. Yes. They sacrifice to make the world better. And if we don't have people in this generation, this day and age, who will sacrifice their lives right. to make things better, how would it look for our children? How would it look for our You say you care for your children so much. You care for your, your grandchildren so much. But what are you doing to ensure that the world that you leave behind them is better than what you left? Mm. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. And, you know, I noticed that um, a lot of people are grateful that you are running. And, um, you know, you have people who don't mind following and supporting a leader. And then you have people who are just born to be leaders. And one thing that's certain is people have gained you have gained people's trust and people trust that your voice is going to speak very loud and very clearly a lot so a lot of people have lost their voice because of things that they've had to endure or go through or even because of the state of the world but i think that it speaks volumes that people are inboxing you sending you these messages calling you because they know that ahmad hall is going to speak up they know that ahmad hall is going to open his mouth and is going to stand with a, um, a a moral, you have a moral compass. A lot of people don't have that. And I think your character alone speaks volume. 
Um, what do you say to the person who sees the condition of this world and who says my vote does not count? What do you say to that person who has forgotten about what Dr. Martin Luther King and all the rest of them fought for as far as our voting rights? What do you say to those people who, I, last time we voted, um, I ran into people in the store, and I'm like, hey, did you vote? No, I didn't vote. You know, it's like a lot of people have forgotten that their votes count. How do you encourage somebody who feels like my vote don't count, there's no need in me getting up, getting out, going and exposing myself, there's no need in that. What? How can you encourage that person who don't think their vote counts? Because it's going to take a village for us to move these mountains that are in our way. Yeah, that, that's a very, very good question. Now, and I'll um, say this uh, to begin with. I think one of the biggest issues in this country right now is um, the division when it comes to party, the party system. Um, I don't fancy myself a Republican. I don't fancy myself a Democrat. But I am an American and an African-American at that. And so um, – I don't vote party. Sorry, people. I vote my moral with my moral compass, with my conscience, what I know to be right, how I was raised, um, and so that's that, that's the way I vote. And, I, and so who say that their vote does not count? Um, I'll say this: for just just the other day, the 18th of August was 100, 100 years women had the voting uh, had their, their the right to vote. The 19th Amendment. We, we celebrated that 100 years. Um, there is a reason there were women suffragists. If the vote was not powerful or it meant nothing, why did they try to keep people from voting? Just like in the civil rights movement, all those people in Selma marching um, day after day and people all over the country, all over the world coming to Selma, Alabama, this little, little small town nobody had really ever heard of. Why did all those people think so much of it if it were not um, uh, power, if it was not our voice, if it was not significant enough, there's something to it. And I know even now there's certain things that we run up against when it comes to voting, certain things that we say um, or, or see uh, ourselves uh, in situations where the vote seems like it's trying to be um, subdued or thrown out. There is a reason why there's so much tension when it comes to voting because it's important. It's your voice. If your voting is your vote. You say that um, they don't hear us, but they will see your vote. They will hear your vote. Is that important? If you want to see change, not only get out there, but you have to get out there and do it yourself, but you have to vote. And you vote for people who you feel can bring that change. You vote, you vote for people, again, not party. We're not doing that. Let's just be honest. It's folks in both parties that we need to, we need to be running from. So we vote with our moral compass. We definitely pray about it. Definitely seek God about it because it's that important. Because I, I, I teach my children this. What you do or what you don't do affects everybody around you. Yeah. So think about it on that wise. I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote, so that's going to have an effect on everybody. If I don't vote, that's going to have an effect on everybody. It's that important. And if you need somebody to, to come pick you up and take you to the poll, call me. I ain't gonna call put my, me. No, yeah, I ain't gonna put my number on this this thing, but uh, y'all inbox me on Facebook, okay? But I'll help you out. We'll get you to the polls because I think it's that important. I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, cause that's not my job. 
But I will tell you, you cannot sit at home and not vote. I know people are scared about the COVID-19 thing and all of this, but do not allow it to scare you enough the way you do not vote. Right. You, y'all go everywhere else, Walmart and Kroger and TJ Maxx and uh, the beauty supply store, Sally's, <laughs> all, all in places. You can go to the polls. Popeyes. Right. I'll go there myself. <laughs> but get out there. There is no choice other than to vote. As a communal effort, as a village, what is a good plan to assist um, others in this uh, journey to vote? Because everyone sees on the news that suppression to vote is at its highest. When you start uh, creating executive executive orders and when you're using fear tactics and, you know, uh, you don't even know the things that could happen. Mm-hmm. So as a community effort, as a community, as a, as a village, what is it? What is a good plan uh, that we can uh, deploy uh, for everybody to come together without it being a uh, attack, you know, because for me this year, it's just I'm just so motivated. Change has got to come. You know what I'm saying? It's like with all of the different things that have happened, that's gotten us uh, that that has awakened us. 2020 uh, is like an awake a year of the awakening. It's like there are so many things that are happening to to shake people and cause them to be aware and alert, you know, stuff that was lying dormant, stuff that was buried. It's like the graves have opened up, you know, it's like seeds that were planted have been refertilized and there's growth taking place right in the midst of trauma. Mm -hmm. So I believe that this is a, a good year to even be able to compel people. People are listening. Yeah. They just need a plan. They need an idea. They're listening. Everybody got their ears open now, you know. So what is a good plan that we as a village can uh, share with the people that are listening to go and help their neighbor, to go and help, you know, uh, uh, people that have talked about it. Well, honey, I haven't voted in years, but I would love to. I, I really just don't know what to do. I'm scared. How can we reach these people? Councilman. And, and, thank you. Um, I, and let me say, I'm so glad you said you talk about executive orders and suppression, that type thing. But I want us also to be mindful of this. A lot of times we look to the White House, but before we look to the White House, we need to look at our house. We're talking about the village today. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. talking about looking to the village. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. you, you brought it up in that fashion. And um, we it, it starts at home. It really does. That's not just a catchphrase. That's not just a good feeling. It just doesn't just sound good. That is really the truth. You can make an impact almost instantly by doing it in your community, from your house, teaching your children. And the thing about it is you're talking about uh, getting our, our neighbors motivated. And here's, here's the thing. I think that we pr- should present all the information, every candidate, not the one that we want people to go for, 
present all the information about everything and let, uh, let people themselves make a decision. I think that's a safe way to do it. And the reason I say that is then the people will know in their heart of hearts that what the decision that they think that, that they're making um, is, is the right one for them. And I, I understand that. And in that as well, not only should it be right for you, it should be right for everybody. Make the decision, yes, for you, but remember, it has a direct impact, again, on everyone. And and long-term, we need to be more involved in civics, in our municipalities, in the community, um, and make it a priority. Don't put it on the back, but it can't wait any longer. Do it today. If you're in a community, you, you say you live on um, um, Jones Street or, or uh, uh, William Street, Get the people together. Call everybody on William Street and say, hey, look, what can we do together as William Street and get some things going? Is that important? People have home aso- homeowners associations. They have um, uh, uh, neighborhood watches. Why can't we have um, groups or streets where people come together and they help each other in times like this? Because uh, uh, voting is very, very important. Let's get together. Let's discuss this. Who, who, who? Who or what What are we going to do when it comes to voting? Um, how will our voice be heard? And again, not making it to where it's biased or making, making it to where it's one side, but being a, um, a, a very, very transparent uh, community about everything. Just put it, putting it out there, laying it all out there, and allowing people to be people and uh, make those decisions by the information that's presented. And I, I think that'd be a great thing. And um, uh, there's so many... I see people all the time looking for help um, yeah. as far as community organizations who yeah. are trying to, to reach out. Yeah. They need to hear the voices of the citizens of the people to know there's grant money. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a board member for Talatuma CAP. And um, we, uh, we try to help as many people as we can. There's, there's so many great things that Talatuma has been um, able to do, but we could do more. We need to hear from the people to understand exactly where the need is. Like, th- we, we have this enormous budget that we're given to uh, give, give, that's given to us by the government every year but that money has to be allocated to certain areas but if we don't know where, you going? where it needs to go then we'll lose that money we lose the money if we don't yeah. it's like we so we, we need to mo- be more in tune not only in the voting those those organizations as far as our community um, groups the William Street uh, organization the Jones Street organization assessing the needs of our community and then going out and finding those resources and bringing them back and making sure our community. Speaking of voting, it, the census. Oh. That's important. People think it's just filling out a piece of paper, but it's not. That's that helps your, your, your community get um, grants. They help your community get more help in certain situations because of certain policies and legislation that's set up, and they operate with population and, and uh, the fact of how many minorities you have there, how many children are in that area, uh, as to what can be brought to the area, what can be funded in the area. It's important. This stuff is not just play-play. There have been certain um, uh, legislations passed and certain laws put in place that um, these grants and these helps and these resources can only be accessed by doing things like uh, voting and, and, and doing the census. And that's the only way you can access those things. So we have to, we must be involved in our community. We must be involved in um, what's going on in, uh, and around us in our country. We have to in order to make our community better as a whole. And I, I think yeah. it's time, too, for a mindset change because speaking of the census, um, 
Coach Deb, you may not remember this, but I remember when we were younger. I have younger, an elephant memory. Okay, well, you probably don't remember this. <laughs> but I remember when we were younger, and you know, they would send the paper through the mail concerning the census. You know, Grandmama, which is Coach Deb's mama, don't tell I said this. She <laughs> would say, don't fill out that census. The they government did. just trying to be in your business. They did. Okay, so oh, they already so in that. If they want something on you, they already got that anyway. But that's so I'm saying all though. of that. That's that fear tactic, you know. They was yeah. taught to believe, so it's like, okay, mom. Right. So I said, and so for a while, I wouldn't fill out the census because I was like, mm, the government. But no, on a serious tip, I think that it's time for a mindset change um, for our community and for our people. And, you know, um, there are a lot of uncomfortable things that we are all having to go through, the stretch and all of that stuff. You know, there is a level of accountability that's being um, held and put on us, period. You know, from the digital, virtual learning to the, you know, your kids, you know, because a lot of people was allowing the school to raise their children. A lot of people was allowing the teachers to teach their kids all that they needed to know, but there is a level of accountability that's being placed on each individual. And so, you know, not only do we need a mindset change, but we also have to, you know, take some type of accountability and initiative to do what needs to be done. And you're absolutely right. We have to get involved more. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gone to these board meetings concerning different things that have been said, but why not just go to the board meeting to be informed? I mean, I'm not knocking. I'm yeah, not yeah. knocking how we came together to go to the board meetings concerning trying to get people out of office. That's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. We have showed up and we have unified. But I'm talking about moving forward in the future. Let's all still come together and go to those board meetings so we can hear more about the budget, so we can hear more about different policies and things that they're trying to implicate within our children and the schools. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and I'll say this the nicest way I can. Um, I hear so many times. Uh, well, I don't think they're making decisions for everybody. They're not doing it for, they're only doing it for certain people. Well, get your tail up and get your tail on the board. Yep. Get your tail on the commission or get, get your tail um, uh, on what, what, whatever it is you feel is, is going the wrong way. We need representation. If there's a room full of people who don't, who don't look like you and don't think like you making decisions for you, that means they're probably not going to make good decisions for you. Right. And I, I don't think that all times it's, all the time that it's um, on purpose. There's just not another uh, a mindset there. There's not, not another um, diverse um, thought process going on in that room. Everybody's thinking the same. They need, they need somebody else in there who has a different way of looking at things. We need that. Absolutely. This is going to be my, uh, my final question uh, before closing. And, of course, after your response, Lady Ashley is going to give her uh, closing um, um, argument. But I want you to have this opportunity to um, give a compelling argument to the people right now. Uh, The importance of you becoming the city councilman for the Abasra district, what they can expect from you you know, is the voice for the people. I, um, I've had a couple of conversations, well, more than a couple of conversations with um, people concerning my run. 
Um, and I don't like using the term when I talk to people, um, uh, my run or my race or my campaigns. It's our campaign. I want the people to know that this is not about Ahmad Hall. Ahmad Hall had enough going on already anyway. Mm. But because I know that I would be a voice, not of myself, but of the people, um, I had to do it. I was compelled to do it. I could not um, uh, ignore it any longer. Uh, there, there's so much that needs to be discussed and put on the table and not overlooked and talked about, and not only talked about, but changed by um, putting it to action, not just saying words, but showing it with um, our actions. And I want to be a voice for all people. I don't care who you are, where you're from, um, what your outlook on life is. I want to be a voice for you, everybody. Um, I was there, there was a post in a group called the Involved Citizen Over There, I think it was, and they were saying, hey, you know, we're seeing city council signs going all, up all over the city, but have we heard the vision of the, of the candidates yet? That's what we need to hear. We need to hear. And so I told them, I said, I responded. I said, I'm definitely working on um, showing my heart soon, but um, I want to do it in excellence. I want to do it in an excellent way. When I think of Adairsville, I think it's as important as New York City because it is to me. It's my home. I love Adairsville. I love the people. And so my presentation, even people talking about, oh, I, I love your pictures. I love your graphics. Yes, I, I did that because I think of Adairsville so highly and the people of Adairsville so highly. So everything that I put out concerning this, I want it to be um, the best of my ability and of excellence. Um, and not only does um, it matter what my vision may be, which really doesn't matter to me. I want to know what the vision of the citizens of Adairsville is. What do they think is important? What do they feel is the greatest need? What's on their heart? What do they feel is holding the city back? Or what, what do they think the city is doing wrong? We need to hear that and be a voice for the people. No matter what I think, what I feel, when I'm elected as the next city councilman, I will be a voice for the people, not for Ahmad. Even if it's something that I feel uh, should go another way. My promise to the people and my job as a city councilman is to work for the people, not me. Compelling. And I'll, I'll just end by saying when you are elected, we will all celebrate together in knowing that our voice through your voice will be heard. Our voice through your voice will make a change and will make a difference. You know, and, and I like the way you said when I'm elected. And it is so. It's already done. And I'll close just like that. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, this has been this has been a really, really enlightening conversation. I appreciate your stories. Uh, I've known you all of your life and you've been so precious. I I love that you you shared parts of your journeys that I wasn't fully aware of. You know, it's so important that when people are rooting and, and uh, for someone or wanting to follow someone, they need to know who they're rooting for, who they're following. You have been completely transparent. There are questions that we didn't need to ask because you were transparent. I appreciate that. You have laid all out that if there's even anything that you have done that has that anyone could find out that would offend them, you just, you already put it out there. Don't judge me because grace covered me. I, I like that. I'm going to use that. I, I appreciate it. it. It is sound truth and we all need to
disappear spiritually fear because we all have sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. And we've all been called to leave. And a yes. whole lot of people are being held back because they said, well, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that. Yeah. Oh, wait, great covers you. So they need to pick that up today and just carry it like a pocketbook or wear it like a coat. <laughs> covers me. I will leave with this quote. Monday is a state of mind. Put on your positive pants or your skirt and get stuff done. Ahmad Hall, Herschel Ahmad Hall. Oh my God. Oh my God. We want to thank you for being a part of Motivation Monday. Thank it you has for been a joy. It has been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Monday is New Week, New Goals. This is Revealing Hill Motivation Monday. If you don't reveal it, you can't get healed from it. I'm Coach Dell, Lady Ashley, and Ahmad Hall. Go out and vote. Have a great day, and remember, grace covers you. Yeah. Good day.